Hi, how are you? It's Melissa White and you're listening to the Spirit Room Podcast and I'm so pleased to be back with you. I hope that you're well and ready for some insight. Today it's just a solo episode, just me, and I would love to chat. Now this is another car <laughs> car recording, um, so please excuse if the, if the audio is not like the most crisp. Um, but, um, I just had these things on my mind and I also had the time to spend. So I thought what better way to use this time than to spend it with you. So sit back, relax, enjoy. And I wanted to chat today about some things that come up within mediumship development. Like for those of you that are listening and you're interested in it, or you are immersed in your spiritual journey, um, and your mediumship development, I wanted to just give you a little bit of insight into some of the common things that tend to come up. Now, I would say, of course, just keep in mind, everyone's journey is very unique, you know, and we're all very different. But there are some seemingly universal things or just some themes and patterns that I do notice working with students in within like a group mentorship and then also working with students one-on-one for mentoring um, within their mediumship. So one thing that I would say, probably the biggest thing that I notice is mindset. Like so many of us feel extremely afraid to put ourselves out there. So many of us feel very intimidated to even try like to even connect with spirit in the first place. And lots of times students will say to me like, oh, well, I can't do it when I'm on the spot. And the thing is, you can do it when you're on the spot. Mediumship by nature is pretty much always on the spot. Like you you can't, there's not really a way to do it without the pressure um, because you do need a sitter, right? So you need to have a person that you're reading for in order to make the mediumship mediumship. So um, there's always going to be that. And I think the beauty of taking classes and really delving into your development is that it offers you a consistent opportunity to feel the pressure and then do it anyway, you know, and to just, you do get used to doing it on demand, I guess you could say. And that's a discipline. Like I know lots of people have experiences with spirit randomly or they'll have experiences with spirit, but they're like, well, it just happens when it happens. And they, they're like, I have no control over it, which actually in my experience is so false. We have a ton of control over when we decide to engage with spirit and when we don't. And so if you can not engage, if you can choose to not engage, you can also choose to engage, right? So there's no um, guarantee of like, in my opinion, which spirits are going to step forward or which, you know, but it's not, we can't control what the messages are. And we can't, you know, really be on command on demand, as in like, somebody comes to you, and they only want to hear from their grandma Nelly. And then we go and guarantee that the grandma Nelly is going to come through for them. Um, it's possible people can have that as like in mind that that's someone that they want to chat with. And I would say wherever possible, spirit's going to make that connection happen. Um, but that part is not really up to us or up to our control. Um, but 
when you connect with spirit and when you go to work with your mediumship is under your control. So I would say that, you know, part of the thing that we fear and the, th- the thing that holds us back, it is the thing that is so required within mediumship. So it is a constant making yourself comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's a constant experimentation and and that kind of attitude I think is so important that well it's an experiment every single time let me see what happens let me see how this goes I like to think like let me see what's possible let's just see what's possible and so that's a an important distinction to make and I do think it's important to look at you know the fear the the perfectionist tendencies that some of us really really hold on to um mediumship is messy in my opinion especially when you're really trying to grow and you're really willing to take risks with your mediumship when you're really wanting to step it up and you want to have this kind of like breakthrough it it requires you to be okay with getting it wrong it requires you to be okay with not necessarily understanding what's happening in the moment and then saying it anyway um it requires you to sort of have love and acceptance for yourself even when you feel as though you're not you know you're not doing well and so much of our own opinions our own judgments are so detrimental to us especially when you're learning and so a growth mindset is really what I would recommend for anyone in anything that you're learning to be honest but especially with mediumship you're making yourself so I mean we're so sensitive to begin with and then you have to make yourself vulnerable to put yourself out there to even try it and then if it doesn't work or if it's it's hard or you're starting to feel like it's like you know you're judging what you're getting or you're judging how you're saying something um you're judging yourself it's it's so so difficult you know that way so the the better way is to kind of approach it with this joyful kind of energy and that you know you do learn if you don't have that self-love to begin with you certainly learn it um through this consistent practice with your mediumship so i think that's one of the major life lessons that spirit offers us you know and, and the endeavor to work with spirit really offers us that so that's one thing Another thing that comes up within mediumship, I've noticed with students when they, in the beginning, when they're first recognizing that they can connect with spirit, it's very exciting and everything is very dramatic. So they're having these experiences with the spirit person and it feels like they're, you know, if the person passed from a heart attack, for instance, they're feeling like, oh my God, I feel like I'm having a heart attack. You know, it's very, very intense. Uh, or it can be anyway. Um, and they're like, you know, really, really, it's big emotion, it's big um, imagery that's coming through very crystal clear and very, you know, like all this stuff. And then once you develop for a while, and you get into it, there's something that occurs where all of a sudden you're looking around and you're like, Oh, like, am I still a medium? Like, where spirit? Where are you? <laughs> like, it becomes very different. And people do panic it's like basically after you've been doing it for like maybe like I don't know a a year or so um and they do have this concept in mediumship that they call it like the dangling of the carrot where basically spirit shows you what's possible 
it's not beginner's luck because none of this is luck, but it, it sort of feels that way when you're in it because you're like, Oh my God, like I used to get, like, I got this person's name so clearly and I knew this and this, and it was like so clear. And then after a while you're like working with it and you're doing it. And then all of a sudden it becomes a little bit more murky and things get a little bit more difficult to decipher and you're kind of feeling like you can't it's not the same and people worry that they've lost their ability and it's not that what happens is as you level up as you kind of go through your development there does come a time where it feels like that it feels like more of a struggle and it doesn't feel as easy it doesn't feel as clear and so usually when that happens it's because you're going through a growth spurt like a growth spurt with your within your mediumship your mediumship starts to change the way that spirit is presenting the information could be changing um also as you get more and more skilled you don't need things to be so massive and dramatic in order for you to recognize them anymore so it's kind of like um, a chef who would have like a very refined palate they don't need a ton of spice in something like to make them taste the spice in the dish so you know it's or like they don't need like all this salt to be put in something for in order for them to pick out that specific taste I guess so same with spirit like once you get more uh, more skilled it can be more subtle and it does become more subtle they they don't have to expend and use so much energy just to get your attention to notice something so for me now when someone passed away from a heart attack I feel it in my heart for a moment but it is subtle it's not a huge big deal I'm not it's it's not big it's it's actually very very subtle and I just know because I know exactly what that feels like and I I move with it um so just for your own sake to know that if you're in that space within your mediumship you're not doing anything wrong and you're you haven't lost your ability it could be just that you're the way that you work is changing you could be leveling up and growing and therefore things feel a little bit like wild (laughs) so just hang in there and really really check in with your with spirit and check in with your guides and talk about it you know I I I used to get these experiences and now I feel like it's so much more subtle um is there something I can do is there something you guys want me to know that I can help myself A, a way that I can make this easier for us to communicate with each other um so I think that's important to ask and and then just be open relax know that it will shift again your mediumship is always changing just when you think you've got it nailed like you know exactly what you're doing with one thing um it will shift and change and that's the beauty of it and also sometimes the part that's a little bit daunting so if you're going through that like sophomore kind of like experience just know that you're part of the club you know it's it's like welcome to the club that's we all it's almost like a a process of initiation that we all kind of go through so it will become clear again and you will continue to receive and perceive all kinds of things probably more than you could ever really fathom so just not to panic right so that's important so the dangling of the carrot does it is a thing um something else that people get stressed out about they get obsessed with 
I find two things. They get obsessed with physical appearance of the spirit person. And then they also get obsessed with getting their name. And to be fair, sitters, clients, they also are obsessed with these things. There's times when I've given like, I don't know, 15 pieces of evidence about a spirit communicator. And the person I'm reading for said, yes, 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 yes. To like every one of those things. And then said, okay, but what do they look like? Like, can you tell me what they look like? Then I'll know it's them. And I'm thinking to myself, what? Like, to me, and this could be just part of my belief, my personal belief, I think the physical appearance is the least interesting thing to talk about. Like, I really, I really don't think it matters at all. So that's kind of my own bias towards that. Um, And I do think sometimes it can be really helpful because, of course, if you've got two grandmas in spirit and they're very similar, they like... I don't know, they passed, they both passed the same way, they have the same um, type of personality and all this stuff. Yeah, if you talk about the physical appearance, then you can sort it out quickly. Like, okay, I see one was very tall and the other one was really short. Or I see one had the like very red hair in earlier part of her life and the other one had brown hair or blonde hair or something. Like, of course, it's good for identification purposes. And sometimes I think it's valid. I mean, it's interesting because if the person had, I don't know, um, unique, something unique, like a unique birthmark or a unique um, tattoo, or if they had these beautiful blue eyes and that was a thing that was really significant about them that everyone always noticed, then of course those things are valid. I wouldn't hold it back if I received that information. But I'm just saying I don't, think it's the most important thing and I think lots of times mediums that are training they assume that you have to talk about the physical appearance and that that is like the most important thing or one of the most important things um so I think just recognizing that it's okay like if if you don't get that information or like it doesn't always, you don't always receive it or perceive that, like not to stress about it. The other thing I think with that is you could, it's possible to use your other clairs to receive that. So oftentimes with the appearance, I'll feel like I'm the spirit person and I'm like very short. I'll just feel like I'm super short. I mean, it's not a stretch because actually I'm short, but, or I'll feel like how their face how their face felt like if I could kind of feel like oh there was lots of like wrinkles I could feel this is a person that was quite elderly um so you don't even have to get it with your clairvoyance um so there's that and I think also this obsession with the name the name of the spirit person now the more that you try to force something the more that you try to push the least likely you're going to get it that's just been my experience so what I find is it's better to be curious. Like, I want to know, of course, every single time I want to know this person's name, if I'm at all able to perceive their name, I'm interested, I want it. However, I'm not going to sit there and try to force it to happen. So I just make myself open to it and curious about it. Also, if I do become aware of a name within the reading, I say it. I don't hold back and I don't like keep it to myself I do say it and I think that's important like 
there's names that you can become aware of and then you don't say it and then at the end of the reading your sitter could be telling you and saying oh yeah that guy that you were talking to is my uncle bill and literally the whole time you heard the name bill but you didn't say it (laughs) and that that happens and I think it's so important if you want to ask spirit to help you and you want to ask spirit to give you certain pieces of information then part of the agreement needs to be that you're actually going to act on it, that you're going to do something with that information. Otherwise, why are they going to waste their time and their energy trying to give you stuff if you're not going to follow through, right? So part of the deal is you've got to be brave enough to to speak what you receive. Now, it's really hard when you've said a few names and the person's like, no, no, no. It's so hard to say another name after that because you feel like an idiot, like you feel like you're just reaching, But I would say, have the courage. And also, when a name comes up, I don't think it's enough just to say, I hear Jerry, who's Jerry? (laughs) And I see mediums doing this. I don't think it's enough. I, I get, like, I get that, why people do it. But I think that's up to us to find out. Like, your sitter needs you to know, like, who Jerry is. So then what you could do is if you hear the name Jerry or you know the name Jerry, you become aware of the name Jerry, go a little further and think, okay, I'm hearing Jerry. Let me just see who is this. I wonder who, you know, who this they're referring to. Because, yes, they'll give you their own name, like the spirit communicator will give you their name, but they'll also talk about um, people, other people that they're with in spirit. So they oftentimes they'll give you the name of someone that they've met up with there. They may also like to talk about people that are here in the physical world. So do you see how it's, I mean, it's great if you get the name and and they understand and they're, and they say, oh yeah, I know who that is, but it's way more beneficial if you take a moment and you tune in and you figure out where that name fits. So if I hear Jerry, I would say, oh, and I feel like this is actually um, your spirit person's brother in spirit who's also with him. And so I would offer that. If they say no, then you can go back and reinterpret and get to the bottom of it. Um, But the attempt, I think, is important to be able to place not only is this person in spirit, is it the spirit person's name, is this... Um, somebody here in the physical world, like you kind of want to have more clarity with that. So that's important. I also think the more you work with names and the more that you um, offer what you're receiving, the more you'll get. So it does just take that courage and that ability to put it out there. Again, It's not the be-all, end-all. I think you can do a brilliant reading and you don't have to talk about their physical appearance one time. I think you can do a phenomenal reading and you don't need to know the, the spirit person's name. If your evidence is strong enough, if the details that you're picking up on are correct and specific to their loved one, then those other things are not necessarily required. They're fantastic to get and they're amazing, but they're not the only types of evidence that exist. And I I don't think like the name and the physical description is that original. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's like, it's great. It's, they're so exciting. It's so exciting when you do get it, but I don't think it's 
the end of the discussion when it comes to what types of things you could bring up. I mean, there's so much. And if you're open to creative ways that spirit might be, you know, bringing you the evidence, then you're going to be able to receive that. You're going to be, I don't want to say looking for it, like as if you're like searching, but more so like you'll be aware. And so spirit will know, oh, hey, this, this medium's on the ball. They're, they're willing to work with me in a, in a way that's not rigid. So you give them room, you give them room to express themselves. And so you could be, you could be picking up on personality, which personality if done right is in my opinion phenomenal when done on the surface level not so much so it kind of brings me into a different point with the personality with personality if you're going to talk about a spirit communicator and what their personality is like in life you have to provide some kind of context or some kind of example for instance, you can't just say like, oh, she was super loving. Um, because most people, like not everyone, but lots of people are loving. It's not really that evidential. You want to look at, oh, this person was so loving and I feel she showed us this or the way that she would express this is through her love of children and she was like everybody's mom and she would, you know, um, she would spend time with you know like all the kids would come to her house and she would do sleepover parties and there would be you know she had a way of making each kid feel special and she would do like these little special touches with you know blah 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 like going into an example of how this person showed their love or showed that part of their personality um so an example is important with personality and recognizing that people's personalities are complex. So the way like someone, the way that my personality is with one person might be completely different with another, depending on the relationship I have with someone and also depending on the situation. So that's why it's also hard sometimes for sitters to say yes or no when we're talking about personality, because it really does depend. So that's why if you want if you want to get really into it, you have to start wondering about, okay, I feel this person was a bit grumpy. Um, how, how, how so? When? With whom? Like, you just have to be such a curious, like, detective. You, know, you really have to be so curious about every aspect of this person. But with personality, I find that some of the, some of the most amazing readings I've experienced that I've had have been like when the person's personality is coming through in the way that they're communicating like (laughs) I've had um there was a dad in spirit that came through a while ago and he was having me say things that like literally I would never say myself um but it was such a good indication of his personality so something about where his ashes should go or something like I think that the the client was asking about that and his response was literally like and I could hear it in his voice and his like his intonation the way that he speaks and he was like I don't give a shit I don't give a shit where where I go I'm not in there I'm not in my ashes (laughs) which of course like 
I understand for people, and I wasn't being insensitive about it. That was literally his response. And she just laughed and she said, yeah, I know that's him because that's exactly what he would say. That's exactly how he talks. That's exactly his like demeanor. Like, and it sounded like him the way that I said it. Um, I understand as a person that like, of course, that's a big deal to the people left behind. We want to honor them. We want to like make sure that we're doing right by them. And it is a big thing. But I think from his point of view and just like his personality, that was just his words that he brought through. And she really agreed that that's exactly what he would say. And so, you know, that can be brilliant. That can be really, really good confirmation. And I think if you do the personality right, then the person that you're reading for has such a good opportunity to really feel that closeness with their their loved one. They kind of get more of a feeling that they're having a like a visit with their loved one which in the end is the goal you know you want that beautiful blend of specific details information and also the feeling of closeness and the experience of heartfelt you know heartfelt connection so the way to kind of do that is to get really really into your clairsentient feeling but then also being really open to like whatever that spirit, particular spirit person wants to express. So it's not us directing them and us demanding like, tell me this, tell me that, giving them the third degree, like an interview. (laughs) You're always making yourself open and receptive and letting the spirit person take you by the hand and show you, tell you, have you feel, have you see, have you recognize a scent, have you recognize a taste, bring you into their memories, bring you into what they feel, bring you into the message that they would love to express. And then the other part of our, our job is to not judge that, to not filter or edit that to really be true to the spirit person and offer to the best of our ability exactly what they're trying to say so that is another thing that I think people do get a little caught up in other times people get really obsessed with the message like of course it's important but I think mediums feel like the message has to be something that's very very specific and unique and like ground breaking like earth shattering dramatic I guess and sometimes the message is more subtle and sometimes it's something very very seemingly insignificant to us but we have no clue. We have, as psychic as we are, sometimes we have no idea. So, for instance, I've had a spirit person say, just tell them I'm proud of them. And I'll hear it, and of course I'm going to say it, but I almost preface it by like saying, I understand this is probably obvious, but like they're saying they're proud of you. When I should not do that. I should just deliver it and offer it exactly as it comes through because the person that I'm saying that to then says to me, oh, 
he never told me that in life. Not once. He never told me he was proud of me. I thought he was. I figured he must be. But he didn't speak it. He didn't say it. And so who are we as the mediums? Who are we to judge if that message is important? If that message is significant? If that message is obvious? It's not up to us. And so I think like we all, like I include myself in all of these things um, that I'm saying to you, we all need to get out of our own way and just let the communication actually occur. So much of, I think, mediumship becomes talking about a spirit person instead of talking with the spirit person. And I think the ego gets involved when we want to control everything and we think we know better and we think we know and we have these expectations as a medium and as the sitter mediums and sitters both all humans you know have have the potential to get into that and it just gets in the way it gets in the way of what can be potentially so beautiful and so life-changing and healing and all that stuff But it's not spirit that lets us down. Spirit does not give us wrong information. Spirit does not make it harder for us. They're working on their side to bring everything and to to make this communication happen. And they're trying to work with our specific abilities. They're trying to work with the energy of their loved one here in the physical world. And they're, you know, any any limitations or anything like that that they might be dealing with and as humans we all you know are there are things that do pop up there are things that can get in the way so keeping in mind anytime that mediumship unfolds anytime that mediumship occurs this is miraculous never lose sight of the fact that it's phenomenal that we get to experience this and that we get to be a part of that connection it's amazing to be entrusted with that and I think it's a real honor it's a real privilege and so not to waste it not to waste it by holding back not to waste it by judging yourself not to waste it by trying to control other people and their responses or how they should think or what they should do or any of that it's really about the spirit person being a voice for them being of service to them and then also being of service to the human that's sitting in front of you and of course we we can't be for everyone I, I think I've discussed this so many times on this podcast but it's it's worth saying again no matter what your job is you cannot be for everyone Um, even in life you just can't be so take that out of your mind that that's your goal okay Um, but you can always show up and be 100% authentic be yourself and I don't know any medium who shows up and thinks "Uh, I'm only going to give like 80% today every single time you're showing up and you're willing to go above and beyond that's all spirit can ask of you that's all you can ask of yourself And that's all other humans can ask of you. So please, please, please keep that in mind. The rest, all of this unfolds in its own timing. 
Like, yes, you've got to be dedicated. Yes, you've got to try. You have to endeavor. There's all of that effort. But the actual mechanics of your mediumship, the actual um, abilities that you're, you're working on, there's no way to rush that and there's no way to force any of that. So much of it is from consistent, applied, you know, just applied technique. Like the, the trying, the endeavoring, the experimentation of all of the tools. And so it's why I love, I mean, I love to be a mentor. I love to be a teacher because there's no limitation to how far we can take this. Like once you decide you want to work with spirit, there's no limit. There's so much that we can uncover. And it's so exciting. It's so exciting when you have a breakthrough. It's so exciting when you have a moment where you didn't even know that was possible. And then all of a sudden spirit's showing you, oh, this is, this is, this is wild. You know what they can show us. And 10 years later of professional working as a medium, and I'm still surprised and I'm still sometimes very much shocked and in awe of some of the things that spirit can orchestrate and what they can, what they can make happen and how they can bring people together. And there's miracle upon miracle. And so that's what keeps us going. And I do want to say there are times in mediumship where it is very hard to keep going. There's times when I've thought to myself, like, why am I torturing myself? Why am I putting myself through this? Why do I subject myself to some, th- some of this stuff? Because it's not always easy. And a lot of that has nothing to do with spirit. It has to do with just human, human working with humans. I mean, that's just, that's part of it. Um, but the thing that does keep me going is the fact that this bond with spirit is so strong. And because of them, I've seen so much good and I've seen so many miraculous experiences. I just, I couldn't imagine a life where I wasn't open to it. I couldn't imagine a life where they weren't part of my everyday experience. So the good and the miraculous and the beautiful always outweigh the struggle and the challenge. But I do want to say, like, it's not rainbows and sunshine 24-7. And there's certainly phases of it where you could feel like, oh my god, this is really hard. But all I'm saying is, like, that's all the more reason to surround yourself with people, a community of people. And yes, I do offer, I do teach, and obviously I want to share that with you guys. But I'm not saying this so that you can you know, sign up for a course. Although obviously I'd love for, I'd love to do that. I'd love to work with you. It's more so just to tell you that the reason that's important, like to have a mentor or to be a part of a group where everyone is doing the same thing, like everyone's working in that way is so that you don't feel alone in it. And so also that you begin to have a consistent, safe place where you can explore and experiment. It's, you can, you can definitely learn on your own, but it's a lot harder. I will say it's a lot harder. You get such a high from connecting with other people and working within the energy of a group. You kind of give that to each other. There's nothing else really like it. So 
if you're listening and you're a medium you're developing your mediumship or you think you have a mediumship ability but you're not sure i hope that all of these insights have been helpful to you and they just bring you some peace of mind and maybe just something to think about i hope it sparks some curiosity within you I do have applications opening for the Exceptional Medium, which is a year-long mentorship program, mediumship mentorship, where we look at, yes, the development of your mediumship, but also your mindset and your approach and working with, um, with all of that as well. So you can work with confidence, you can trust yourself and just enjoy, enjoy your relationship with the spirit world. So those that have taken it this year, we're almost done. We'll be done at the end of August. They've, they've told me it's life-changing. Like they've had, and I've seen, I've seen so much growth in these people in this class. It's phenomenal and extremely inspiring and exciting. So reach out, feel free to email me if you want in on an application for the program starting in September, first three Saturdays of every month, 9.30 a.m., um, Pacific Standard Time. So do let me know. Email melissawhitemedium at gmail.com. Otherwise, I want to just wish you well wherever you are and really inspire you to just chat with Spirit today. Speak to them how you would speak to a dear friend because that's exactly what they are. You can speak to spirit in general. You can say, hi, guys. That's how I start my chats with spirit. And it's my spirit guides. And they just know that I'm referring to all of them as a group. And just tell them how you feel. Tell them how you are experiencing life and anything that you need a bit of assistance with. Or if there's any insight that they have, what would they like you to know? And see what happens. Notice how you feel. Notice what you might hear, think, become aware of. And hope that it inspires you and I hope that you continue with that connection even if you have no interest in being a medium um I think it's that's helpful for anyone to connect with their own loved ones or their own guides that that part of themselves also that longs for that connection I think it's always worthwhile so take good care sending you so much love and we will talk again soon